Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
IGN's offices in San Francisco. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of October 24th, 2014. I'm your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's all-Nintendo podcast. Joining us this week, Pear Schneider. One! Sitting in for Brian Altano. Two! (laughs) Marty Sleva. The number two is joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And also this week, special guest, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Daisy. What? (laughs) (laughs) She's real. Uh, Daisy is joining us this week. Uh, Loyal NVC listener, thank you so much. Um, Absolutely. She wrote a really great email that we're going to get to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, let's talk about some news. So this week. Oh, yeah, there's a little news, isn't there? Yeah, there was a lot of news. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers Direct <laughs> there on... There was 55 uh, pieces of news. Or 54? 54? 53. They said it was going to be 50. Yeah. yeah and then they, they went, went over. Over deliver. Little OT. I promise. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Although some of those have been in the series before. I just want to point yeah. out. Also, yeah, like sure. 52 was sound test. I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like if you're going to end on sound test. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty funny. Though. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's run down uh, just some of, the, some of the topics covered in case you've been living under a rock and did not hear or see any of this stuff. So there was an a player mode announced. Woo. Oh man! Uh, and we'll talk about which ones we think are really cool in a second. Mm-hmm. Amiibo figurines. They finally talked a little more about how they work. The online multiplayer. How with everyone, anyone. The voice chat. How that works. Official tourneys are coming later. Custom stage creation. Very cool using yeah. the Wii U gamepad. Yeah. Very Those smart. Are shareable. Eventually. Eventually. Yep. Custom stage creation, also very cool use of uh, the Wii U gamepad, uh, or did I just say that? Controls, yeah. importing fighters, special soundtrack offer thing. Mewtwo is coming yeah. <laughs> in the spring. Mewtwo! That's how he says it, I think. Mewtwo. Uh, now, That's as far as good. unique modes go, Smash Tour, special orders, which involves Master Hand and Crazy Hand, or Master Orders and Crazy Orders. Yep. Uh, special smash mode, so you could have your big head going on or <coughs> chili, whatever, reflective. I don't know. So many crazy little things. Coin battle, stamina matches, classic mode is different. All-star mode is slightly different, and event mode is back. Mm-hmm. So what are the big sort of pieces to you guys that stand out? as like, holy cow, this is something I'm excited for. Multiple players at the bat. No, I mean, the biggest thing, <laughs> well, first of all, the biggest thing is, of course, eight players. Mm-hmm. Because it just sounds like complete mayhem. It is. <laughs> it sounds crazy. It is awesome. And it comes with some limitations. Sure. You can't play it online, right? Yep. Eight players yeah, right. Is, is a lot of uh, input and latency to do, deal with in a, in a fighting mm-hmm. game like Smash. But mm-hmm. just the guts that they actually yep. did that. I thought they were going to do five players from the get I love the, the rollout yeah. of it too like the, the fifth player the uh. sixth player and I'm like they're never going to stop like, I don't have as many friends I don't have as much room in a single room in my house uh, yeah, yeah. alright what else stands out to you guys well of course the 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 stage creation that, yeah. you know yeah yeah, the one thing about that though is you never know what someone's going to make. So, like, oh, you know what someone's I mean, going to make. Yeah. So, first thing, that's exactly what I told Rich. Rich George uh, was at the event last night, and I told him it's smart that you guys aren't uh, having the share ability until a little bit after, because you're going to have everyone get all the awful genitalia out of their systems, <laughs> and that'll be everywhere. And then finally, by the time you're, you can share it, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to actually try to make a real yeah. level. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I liked the what was the board game mode called. Uh, Smash Tour. Smash Tour. We got to play that. I like that. I thought that was interesting. Okay. Uh, it seemed more interesting to me than uh, than you know the modern 3ds. So uh, you know, oh, Smash Run. I'm not. A, yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Smash Run. So, so it's interesting because yeah. I feel the opposite. I almost feel like Smash Run is a bit of a better idea in some ways. But we can yeah. we can totally get into it. Since you have brought up, uh, we've had impressions of or we got to play it. Before we talk about that, I just want to ask you, Daisy, was there any other any other thing in sort of the presentation that stood out to you as sort of like something cool you were excited for? Um. I mean, it was all really awesome. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited uh, for the, the 
different modes to mm-hmm. come back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Just some of the classic things and expanding that. More. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and people notice like on the 3DS one, event mode. Where is it? It's yeah. like, well, yeah. you're going to get yeah. on the Wii U version. But the other thing I thought was good to hear was the Mewtwo announcement, and I'll, I'll explain why. Okay. It's like it is the first life sign that there's more characters going to be added yes. after launch right. because Mewtwo got announced as a Wii U and 3DS character. Mm-hmm. So what do you think though of the idea that you have to own both versions? So that is kind of lame to me, but I'm going to own both, yeah, both versions. Yeah, it's kind of so. lame, but it's at least something mm. to the people who are going to spend a hundred dollars on this game yeah. yeah like that's nice like it's personally like, it kind of it rubs me weirdly it's almost like hey sony's doing a lot of like cross cross share and like cross play and if you buy one version of a game on ps4 you get it on ps3 and on vita like oh, all star sony all-star battle royale yeah, whatever the hell yeah. that game was that, called that thing uh yeah if you bought the <laughs> ps3 version you got the vita version for free yeah so i feel like it's a little damned if you do damned if you don't <laughs> sure. uh, scenario right it's like for someone who is such a nintendo loyal loyalist and fan that they own both systems mm-hmm. and both games you want it's it's great to get a good reward, yep. right? But then for the people who love Mewtwo and only have money to buy one of the two systems, systems is a bummer. So, so I, I think they will they will offer Mewtwo in as other DLC. ways. I think just it'll like be, they have yeah. I think it'll eventually be something you can buy. Yeah. But for at least the early adopter, you have something that yeah. you're getting out of this. And yeah, and don't for a second think that you know we're done seeing characters and stages because That's as we exactly saw with Mario it. Kart. Like, you know, Nintendo's going to roll out a suite of, you know, of probably three characters in a stage pack every quarter or so, every mm-hmm. a couple times a year. Yeah, even though and you those haven't whispered anything. Gangbusters. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. also, just, uh, this might sound lame, but just the idea of every single character getting Amiibo as this continues to grow, I think yeah. is really cool. Although, I, I, I've kind of been thinking about this a lot, and I'm not sure if I've asked this on this podcast. I keep wondering if Amiibo is sort of a... a a hint at what's coming in their future as far as like the figures that are all announced for Smash and that are all obviously going to work with Smash they need to work in other places if Amiibo is what they want it to be sure. does it mean we're getting a punch out game does it mean we're getting you know eh, I don't think yeah I don't think it's quite that literal you literal don't think it's that game? close no. yet I don't think so. Like, I'd... Duck Hunt Dog, are you doing something with Duck Hunt? Like, should no. we know now? You know, that would be cool, by the way, if you're listening. Yeah, but at, I mean, at the same time, they are collectibles, right? So yeah. you're not just buying it for Smash Brothers. You're buying it to have something cool on your shelf. Now, I don't think that's what it means. I think with certain games and certain characters, it'll work. And yeah. with others, it, it's just because. And to an extent, Smash. yeah. Oh, well, go ahead. The other yeah. thing, too, is, I mean, a lot of those games are on the virtual console, so they could add something to the virtual console. Yeah, yeah, or if it unlocks the virtual console game, yeah. like yeah. they could do something like that. Yeah, which they showed. I mean, they showed during the direct. Uh, you know, we got super excited at first, and then pulled it back a little bit. But still, kind of cool is uh, you know offering demos of all these sort of the, the mm-hmm. first appearance of all these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, how deep is that stuff? Did you guys I mean, get they to kept play it? Saying it, no, 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 okay. no. We didn't get to play yeah. in the demos. It's just yeah. like masterpieces from the brawl. From brawl, it looked like to me they were also timed to. My yeah, it sounds knowledge. like time. Yeah. It's, uh, it'll probably be get five ten minutes with the games. That's uh, still awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It's also... It's it an just, advertisement. It wrecked my mind uh-huh. to know that some kids are going to buy Smash Wii U and play some of these games for the first time based on these yeah. demos. And just like that was what the... Earthbound's in it this time. That, that Brawl, there was that big brouhaha but that was, Yeah, they didn't include it. But to me, that was the first moment in my life where I'm like, oh, death is on the horizon. Like, yeah. I am getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, so then, uh, Marty, so you and I got a chance to go to an event last night yep. and actually play it. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, a bunch of that content is on the site, so you should definitely check it out. We're currently we breaking embargoes because it's not 3 o'clock yet. It's not. Ooh, but, time uh, we played with, so you guys should chime in and ask, ask as many questions as you can, by the way. And you can either okay. prove that we either did our job or we didn't. But uh, <laughs> we played uh, eight-player mode. We yep. played with Amiibo. We played with other game modes. Brian made a stage uh, with Nate Bildorf, who mm-hmm. is a, he's a, a senior localizer at Nintendo. Really awesome dude. Yeah. Smash is always his baby. He works really hard mm-hmm. on it. Um, so talk about some of that stuff. Like, what stood out to you? Eight-player Smash. Eight-player eight player Smash uh, stood out to me. I've, I've said it before. Like, I'm, as much as I appreciate competitive, you know, one-on-one, no-item Smash, uh, to me, it's all about as chaotic as possible. Yeah. It's, it's about fun. It's about four people in an arena full of weapons and Pokeballs and just everything going nuts. And mm-hmm. so... The eight-player mode was that amplified. It was insanity to have. It. it was also the first time in a very long time since we were all playing on GameCube controllers that there was just a spaghetti bowl of wires. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I forgot about this. This is what college uh-huh. was like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it uses two GameCube adapters. Yeah. By the way, we saw that like there. They actually hooked the Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, certain stages only. Uh, obviously, like a lot of the smaller, more compact stages. Uh, but it was a lot of the bigger ones. It was, uh, you know, there was Onet. There was the... Uh, original Donkey Kong level mm-hmm. uh, and it was fun and it was chaotic and you're like yeah I would lose track of my character every <laughs> once in a while but with eight people it becomes less about it's less about the destination and more about the journey it's, it's less yeah. it's, it's less, not I didn't care when I died that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking it's, it just becomes kind of crazy fun yeah, right? yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and it, it definitely uh, shows who's the opportunist oh, and who yeah. just is back and who because you know? uh, we, we'd play like two or three stock matches and when you died you just wouldn't want to get out of your little portal you're yeah, just yeah. like I just want to stay here and like uh, let everyone else kill well, each other and something is happening on every corner of the map yeah. like I didn't think it would be possible but we were playing on like Temple for example from Zelda and something is happening everywhere and even with the zoom out there were small instances where you know i lost track of i'm like where the heck am i and if you look at some of the direct feed footage if you see my guy just fly off a ledge that was why <laughs> but that's oh, said, yeah, oh god <laughs> um, but uh it was still a lot of fun to play genuinely like i had a really good time yeah. and it was weird because going in i'm just like how the heck is this gonna work with eight people yeah like it's just it's too yeah. much yeah it's too much man but well no, if you've played fine. bomberman in the past sure. you know yeah, how bomberman, ever bomber, you bomberman kids i'll never understand why what? you guys think that game's amazing oh, it's man. awesome bomberman and saturn just have never been a, i've never been a fan can of bomberman. we can we oh. seek a shame Oh, it was so good. Am I no longer host now because I guess of that? So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just I'm going to get Brian. <laughs> He's out. But um, anyway, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so then we also went hands on with Amiibo. Yeah. Which you, was really you interesting. You spent more time with that. You I spent a lot of time on that. Hands on, did you actually touch one? Yeah. We got one to actually hold on to in a Does little Amiibo training area. It bends a li- <laughs> like certain like swords would bend, but like I had a Yoshi and he was a, he was a solid, he was chubby solid, little dinosaur. Yeah, like he wasn't moving anywhere. The DK figure and the Kirby figure, like some of them are really solid and talking to them some Nintendo reps on the side they said yeah we've made some changes since E3 like if you looked at E3 uh, the Link figure for example he's kind of in an awkward pose where he's in the air and there was this little stem kind of keeping him rooted to the amiibo that's gone now it's sort of a a thick plastic bar that's actually keeping him there same thing with Wii Fit Trainer yeah Wii Fit Trainer she's got a cast right it looked like she had a cast cast, on her foot yeah I was (laughs) laughing about that her right foot which is the only one on the ground yoga is dangerous you could definitely get hurt using that so uh, Jesus no you don't have to do that um, no, so we got. I got to train it. I got to register it first. So I walked through the entire process. This video is on IGN actually right now. By the time you're hearing this, um, you know, touch the figure to the tu- to the actual touch sensor. I also found out what happens if you take it off mid transfer. 
What happens? Uh, what happens is the data on the amiibo itself gets corrupted, and it Ooh. asks you, "Would you like to restore using the info on the on the oh. console?" And then you restore, and it'll quickly save it oh, right there. Okay, well, that's great because I mean, you yeah. have to keep it in contact, yeah, yeah. contact while it's saving. Yeah, and in but some it's only cases, a couple seconds. It's, it's not like it's a few you're seconds. A yeah, yeah, you're not waiting very long, but it's still something that purposely, like I just let my hand slip. I'm like, oh, it, it, what happened? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so it also can tell if I'm you're just scanning. Bending it a little bit. <laughs> it also can tell if you're scanning the wrong amiibo. So Brian. Ryan uh, wanted to use his Link figurine, and he got it in the middle of why we were using a level 50 Link figurine. And um, it said, this is not the right Amiibo, <laughs> to, right, like yeah. it says it on screen. So it's, it's pretty smart. And in terms of how it actually works, basically the Amiibo is learning based on your behavior. So if, let's say Daisy was the kind of player who just runs around grabbing items and using them, that is the main behavior that the... Do you play that way? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, That's just making sure. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Amiibo will learn that behavior. If you play constantly with no items, yeah. when there are items in play, your Amiibo won't know what to do with them, according okay. to Nintendo, because mm-hmm. it's never seen you yeah. use one before. So yeah. it basically learns behaviors from you, and we've seen this kind of thing before in like Virtual Fighter. Yeah. I want to say they tried their hand at it like four or five years ago. Yeah. Oh, but there yeah. wasn't a physical Forgot toy to that. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah it, where it was sort of learning how you play based yeah. off you. I want um, my fourth my, my fourth set drive guitar cars. <sighs> Come on, yeah, man. that's another example of it too. I yeah, cars. Um, cars. I definitely want to mess around with it more when we get in the office because yeah, at cool. a preview event, it's hard to see. <clears throat> like, for example, if I just run up and shield in front of people, is that all my amiibo is going to do? Yeah, like, I'm uh, kind of wondering if that's yeah. a thing. The there's there's, there's going to be fuzzy logic, right? Sure. It's gonna, it's not exact. It won't no. be. Yeah. yeah, and they were they were kind of selling it that that way last night. But so in the leveling up way. was quick. Uh, in our first match, we went from you know a pair of level ones to, and by the end of the match, they were level fours. Yeah, and you could tell in our second match they were a little bit better. Like level okay. ones were just like punching bags. Yeah, and uh, they whereas re- level fours like had some semblance of self defense. Yeah. yeah, and they uh, recommended, uh, and this is a weird thing, but if you play with other amiibo, like other figure players, they level faster. Yeah. Apparently, so, so that's the incentive. This is starting to scare me. Is that like they're learning from each other? They're like they're growing. They're becoming uh-huh. sentient. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is your amiibo. I know. Oh, I don't want that. That's why I chose Yoshi. Doesn't speak. Oh, so you're gonna get a phone call. That's it. Um, yeah, you guys had any other questions about the Amiibo stuff? Like, no. I got mine I, to level 20 in seven I, minutes. Really? It, it was, oh, that you was pulled fast. mine off. Mine was doing better than yours. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it oh, was. That's because no, I left wasn't. the table. What's, what's the level cap? Yeah. Uh, we saw 50? Level cap, we saw level 50s. So I don't know if that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's and, a cap or not. Uh, they had some that were preset at level 50. There was one called Speed Peach that was just insane. Like, she was just flying at lightning speed, running in, going for that slap she does, like, as her forward air. It was So nuts. brutal, yeah. Yeah, very brutal. We got wow. wrecked. And also, you can feed, uh, so if you're playing the 3DS version and you have a lot of leftover equipment, you can feed it to the ami- Amiibo and it somehow affects its stats. It either but, increases its levels or its individual stats. But you did, I mean, you couldn't gauge yet whether what you did really influenced the behavior or if it was just tied to levels. Sure. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, so okay. when we started playing early on, I almost wanted to tell Marty to get lost for a minute because yeah. I wanted to test somewhere weird stuff but he really wanted to play so I was like alright fine I want to just, just run off the around. platform and see what happens yeah, you know? yeah I'm in the like, same yeah, I'm like, hit, play, one, hit I, once run off the platform I just jam on the C stick when yeah. I play and so yeah. I'm wondering if like if that will be the kind of play that my amiibo has uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. also awesome. when you said you can eat amiibo can eat equipment I was wondering if an amiibo can eat another amiibo and they wouldn't eat they, 
like why, you why can, does, you why can devour this... the equipment, meaning that they they will like absorb the equipment and level okay. up. But they, they yeah, use yeah. the term eat. Yeah. But then I was wondering if like one amiibo, like can a level fifty amiibo eat a level thirty and become a level eighty amiibo? That'd be messed wow, up. Wow, I don't think so. That would <laughs> why be. Why are you uh, thinking about this? That's this is so strange. Journalism. <laughs> that's like that was journalism. I kill you and take your power, kind of material. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's scary. Really, you can uh, change owners, but I don't know if it still keeps this level data if you change owners. So when I say ch- change owners, I mean that if your Wii U has multiple profiles on it. For example, your kids can associate certain amiibo with their profiles. You can associate, oh, cool. associate certain with yours. Yeah. And when you do that, there is a process to changing owners. I just don't know if it completely gets rid of all the levels gotcha. or not. I know there is a way to reset the amiibo, too. In the top yeah. right-hand corner, there's like a button combo you can press, and you reset all of the data on that figurine. I, I, I mean, I already ordered, I pre-ordered certain amiibos twice just because of the kid factor. You know, there's going to be like Papa Stash. <laughs> and then there's going to be stash. Certain, well, you know, a n- second Papa Stash, and then there's the for the kids kind of like Wait, here, second here's Papa your stash. Zelda. How many kids? How many parents are? Yeah, okay, whatever. whatever. Um, <laughs> San Francisco joke. Um, and then um, you know, like Zelda for the daughter. Mm-hmm. We got uh, you know some of the other characters. I pre-ordered, I think Link from the other guy. I let them all choose one. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. But then they they're not allowed to touch mine. So what's no. your interest in Amiibo so far? Do you care? Do you not care? Be honest. Um, Have they sold you yet? They haven't, like, totally sold me. You know, okay. I want to get a few just for it, you know, mm-hmm. having the figures. But uh, I don't know. Like, it seems more, like, for practicing or competitiveness. And mm-hmm. it just hasn't quite gotten to me yet. Sure. Yeah, I'm sort of there, too. Like, I, I'm going to buy a handful of them as cool mm-hmm. things to have on my desk. Yeah, but I sure. don't. They haven't sold me on... Well, how is this link gonna change based on using him here and then using him in Mario Kart and then using him in yeah. Hyrule yeah, Warriors? That's the like, other thing too, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, but it, go ahead. Well, like, which amiibos do you pick? Like, some will have a better investment because they could be used. Sure, like, Mario is probably gonna be used in everything, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Lil Mac is awesome looking, but, like. Well, like, and let's not Ness, even, for example. Sure, yes. Yeah. Well, no I'm going to buy Ness just because I'm an idiot. We should yeah. all buy Ness so that they realize. Yeah. So they they'll, make they'll an Earthbound yeah. Mother 3. So we Pear, can use Pear's our Ness. side with this stuff. Like he, we had a walk back um, from lunch the other day, and he was like, I just don't understand why they don't make more Mother games like or Earthbound games. People are really passionate about that Lo- series. Localization is so cheap for that t- for that kind of title. I really don't get it. Also, Mother 3 is already localized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, anyway let's not get off on a tangent. Time. Yeah, but we are on a tangent. No, I mean, like, I, but you could say that about any game that uses figures. Figurines, right? Like sure. Skylanders works fine without figurines, but it's just no, it doesn't. Cool. It, it, does. it, it doesn't. It doesn't. There are certain areas you can't even walk in because you don't have a figure. I for know. It. You have to buy no, no, no. It. That's, that's not criminal. what I mean. I mean, like that's extortion. I mean, like the game is not really enhanced by having the physical product for gameplay's sake, right? There sure. You, go. I, you can use a freaking memory card with a monster face on it. Then you know, it's like mm-hmm. or or use. We've been using memory cards for years. Yeah, exactly. That, but it is about having that physical toy that yeah. you really want to own. Like, and the figurines look cool, right? Would any of this stuff have been happening if Monster Rancher wasn't a thing? Remember Monster Rancher putting in your CDs and getting your monsters made. Remember you remember Monster Rancher? Yeah. I remember just, the name. It was this PS1 game where uh, it was sort of like Pokemon, uh, but you would put in your actual like music collection CDs. So like you'd put yeah. in like you know a Biggie album. Yeah. And you'd get whatever the equivalent of like the Biggie monster was, which was like a weird eyeball with mouths. Uh-huh. And, I wish like, it'd scan the lyrics for that. Each, That'd be amazing. Yeah, right? But there was like certain things. Like I think if you put in Symphony of the Night, you got something specific. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, toy manufacturers have long been thinking about how do you integrate you know, figurines were something digital, right? Like, sure. do you remember the the later run of the Kenner Star Wars figures? They, they had these chips, chips that you could use on this reader. And they had the voices. And that it was like, like, it was awful. Yeah. Like, 
terrible, like yeah. scratchy voice version of it. Well, there was even yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but there was some '80s property that it was sort of like a one of those VHS video games where you put oh, it in yeah. and then you had a you had sort of a starship that has like a handle and a trigger yeah. underneath, and you were kind of flying and shooting the different things. It was so bizarre, but I had one and I Future used to of think entertainment. it was so cool. Yeah, and yeah, board but, games have tried that, sure. right? Like the, I I think though for action figures it works really well. It's just mm. a, you want to own it as something you display, and then it works as a as a tool for yeah. a game. All right, so let's talk about Smash Tour, which yeah. uh, I... So it, it is sort of a weird thing to me right now, and I don't know quite... I, walking away from the event, I wasn't sure how to feel about it, honestly. I feel like I didn't get enough time uh, to really understand what it wants, but it's sort of a fighting party game. It's Sakurai Party. That's so, what it is. So is it like is it like uh, like board game? Yeah, like you roll your party style? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the four people uh, roll the dice. Where it's different, it's faster paced because the four players roll the dice and move all at the same time. Thank goodness. But which means... like. Like, if I'm, you know, if, if both of us are on opposite sides of something that is, you know, four spaces away and it's a character, mm-hmm. as soon as we roll those dice, if both of us have four, five, or six, it's like a race to see who gets there. So you're like, man, I hope they go the other way or I hope I move a split uh-huh. second faster. Yeah, and oh. then the minute you get to that square together, you initiate a battle that everyone, even the people yeah, at who the did end of that not, round. like, touch at that point have to fight and it's a random character yeah. you don't pick who you're fighting uh, against. Yeah. so um, i thought it was tied to whatever character you play as no no so the whole thing is that's the weird part you throughout this right yeah, yeah you use me yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. he's on the board but yeah. in the in the actual game it was characters from the main roster. Gotcha. yeah and so what you're yeah. doing throughout the, the 20 turns is oh we played a 20 uh yeah, 20 15, turn, 15 i said it down. Uh, yeah, without we the uh forever. you know throughout the course of it you're uh, you're trying to like certain spaces will upgrade a stat, so you'll you'll you know be faster or stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things will give you items. Certain spaces will give you an extra character for your stock. Yep. And all of this is culminating in at the end of the you know 15, 20, 30 rounds, uh, you have a match where it's a uh, it's you bring in everything that you've collected so far. So mm-hmm. if you got seven different characters, you're going to play as those seven different characters in order. If you got items, you're going to have those items. If you upgraded your you know, speed, you're going to be really fast. And, and it's the same match every time. It's just a regular Smash battle. It's not yeah. something as super random as like the way Smash Run ends where mm-hmm. you don't know what you're really getting into until mm-hmm. sometimes they hint it during the Smash Run, but they don't. in this one, it's very clear what you're there for. And uh, some of the items are really fun. Like uh, there was an item I activated. You activate items between turns before you start moving, but after you roll the dice. And certain items will have certain effects on everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you can turn on an Invincibility Star and just bowl over anyone who comes yep. near you. And you might even steal some of their stats on the way. Mm-hmm. So there are really interesting ways to kind of, like, screw other people who are playing over. But at the same time, it still hinges on that very random, like, the dice roll. And mm-hmm. if you're getting nothing but ones, you're not having a good time, right? Sure. Whereas you're getting threes or sixes or fives, works out a little better. So that was, you know, you had an issue with Smash Run as well, right? In your original review mm-hmm. um, of, uh, I mean, of the 3DS version, and, you know, you you felt it was a little bit too random, and so you're sensing something here too. I feel that way. So in Smash Run, the one thing I did really enjoy about it, and I guess I haven't said this enough, is that you do <clears throat> naturally see the progression mm-hmm. from the start of the game. If I'm using someone like Bowser, who is slow, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm playing Smash Run for that five minute period, when he's running at lightning speed, I'm feeling good about it because I made those stats happen. That yeah. was mm-hmm. because of my work. So you see instant, you get instant gratification from seeing that stuff, but then you're tossed into a random battle where you may not even be prepared for it, right? Yeah, yeah. All those stats don't mean anything at that point in some cases. Um, in this thing, 
I felt like I never really see the progression. Mm-hmm. I see a bunch of bars moving that are telling me, hey, you have better attack and you have better special. But I don't, I'm not, unless we're in a fight, I'm not really seeing that, sure. the, the yeah. results of it. So I feel mm-hmm. really disconnected from the progress yeah. a little bit. Okay. That said, the items rescue it for me, though, because I really did like activating certain items that I just get a reaction from them, like, oh, man, yeah, yeah. who did that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> quietly, that was me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, it's... It's it's neat. It's interesting. I'm not gonna play it a ton. It's to me, it's like Smash Run or Subspace Emissary, where it's a cool thing that exists that isn't for me. Yeah, like that's not the way I'm gonna play the game. Yeah, and um, if you have a lot of faith in like, hey, I can use any character, and you want to jump into this random roulette of Smash characters, do it. Like that's for you. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little more competitive, and I like the more competitive aspects of Smash, even with items on. And so I just felt like. It just didn't grab me right away, but I want to play it more to see if it inevitably will. And I do yeah. think the items are the part that kind of amuse me the most. Questions. Yeah, so, go like, ahead. You were saying you could, you know, change the number of turns. So can mm-hmm. you like have more customization, like more characters versus items, or was there yeah, there was definitely there were definitely menus like that. Yeah, and there was different size boards. There was like a super small board. We played yeah. on a medium board, and then there was a big like sprawling crazy yeah. board. And the small board is in like the shape of the Smash Ball with the same lanes and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are. I think it's going to be depending on what sort of a type of board game flow you want. Uh, yeah. If you want it more chaotic, you could probably throw a bunch of weird you know characters and items and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, neat. But and how's yeah, the how's the whole package feel? Like, is it more glossy than the 3DS version with more vi- uh, more oh, movies game? and things like? And, and this board gorgeous. game mo- mode is it like is it introduced? This game Does it feel looks polished incredibly and, good. Really, like yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. The, like, the, the lighting is very soft and it gives everything this sort of toy like look that gels immediately. No matter if you're looking at Captain Falcon or you're looking at Wind Waker Link, like everything seems like in that traditional Smash style, the, the art style is just cohesive all around. Even though you got characters from all sorts of proportions and weirdness, um, runs really great. It was 1080p 60 for anyone who cares about what that means. I don't like it was legitimately good looking <laughs> yeah. on 80 inches yep. on smaller televisions. I mean, talk about it. Like yeah, that, no, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, right from the get go, we have the uh, the opening cinematic on the site. It's awesome. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah, everything just. Looks like I, I'm always amazed. Obviously, this isn't the first Smash, uh, Smash game to do it, but like you said, that they take they can take properties from mm-hmm. Mario to Pokemon to Shulk to like all these kids that they had Solid Snake in one of the games that yeah. Pac-Man and Sonic and Mega Man could be in the same game, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah, it visually makes sense, which I don't. It shouldn't. It didn't but work it does. In, in PlayStation's case that's when they it, did it with yeah. All Stars. It yeah. didn't. Like well, you look at that game, like, they had characters weird. who were just murderers. They had like <laughs> Sweet Tooth. He is a serial killer, <laughs> and he's fighting against Prop of the Rapper, who's like a like a fast talking dog. But, but more than more than just kind of having this ensemble cast and ha- having kind of like different looking things in one place together, it just doesn't gel, right? Sure. Like in PlayStation All Stars, it could be funny to have very different characters in the same universe, but they don't feel like they have anything in common whereas there is this kind of Nintendo feel right yeah. I mean the one that who, who kind of stuck out the most was Solid Snake in the older yeah. ones you yeah. know like, that's right but, but still the way they integrated him w- worked as well they're just really smart yeah. about how they put everything together and from a modes perspective looking at everything they announced yesterday and looking at everything we got to play obviously we didn't talk about like every single mode we played sure. they were all pretty rad for the most part yeah. whereas I'm the person who's still playing the 3DS version and getting a lot out of that I am so ready for this Wii U version yeah. because there's even more stuff. Yeah. 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 It's just a lot of stuff to do, unlocking trophies, challenges, all that stuff. Like, I'm yeah. there. Music yeah. good? Oh, yeah. Yes. Stage selection, obviously, it's bigger than the 3DS version. Yeah. And uh, some really cool stages. When he was talking about the different art style, uh, 
uh, point a few mm-hmm. seconds ago. Even something like uh, they call it seventy five. I guess meters in the Donkey Kong stage, the mm-hmm. ones that's made in classic Donkey Kong, like it's the pink gridirons. Yeah. It is crazy. Like it looks really good. And every once in a while, if you're on the top area of that stage where Donkey Kong is just pounding his chest every couple seconds, yeah. I think he does it. I'm yeah. not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the what does he throw out there? There's, there's like a little a, springboards. There's a springboard. And, and oh. One match ended. And two just people were take fighting. You yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, levels yeah, are was great. Really fun. Menus are a little. Nintendo's had this problem recently where menus are kind of a mess, especially in games with a lot of content in them. Like, like, even, like even now. Like Mario Golf and like yeah. Smash. Yeah. Exactly. Both of those games, Smash Brothers too. Like, you're like, oh, I want to play this mode. Wait, well, how do what? I get Wait there? a second. Yeah. Is it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sl- it's, it's, yeah. part of it is just there's a lot of stuff in this game. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not a designer. I don't really know how I would go about it. But yeah, it's definitely going to be mm. a thing where you're like, I want to do X. How do I get to X? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, once you put 50 hours in this game, you're going to. You know, have it down to muscle memory, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah, but, I'm excited. Well, right. looks like. Uh, uh, so, do you feel like it'll it'll be fresh for you, even though you've played 3DS oh, so absolutely. much? Or, yeah. yeah, we played for three oh, yeah. hours. I didn't want to leave. Did you want to leave? Nope, I absolutely. was ready to. And I purposely camp like, out. I think I've said before on the podcast that I I've played a little bit of the 3DS one, but I've purposely abstained because I knew this is how I wanted to play it. Yeah. And last night just completely validated that. I'm like, yeah, yep, all right. He also, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. excited. He also said this game was coming out in 2015. Which <laughs> could still happen. What? Oh Games have gotten delayed. There's a month. What if the what if the factory explodes? And we're going to take a, a break. Factory explosions we're going to get we're going to call the psychotic ward on Marty. Uh, when we come back, some more discussion and uh, specifically talking about Bayonetta 2. Stay tuned. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider, Marty Sleva, special guest Daisy. So Daisy, Three. we want to talk about you guys. <laughs> Four. Um, uh, you sent us a fabulous email about Bayonetta two, and we've been wanting to talk about Bayonetta two on this podcast. We've gotten emails asking, "Why aren't you talking about this yet?" Well, it was because I wanted it to be a little different. Like, of course, we love Bayonetta two. We've talked about it on this program before, but. I wanted a bit more of an informed opinion, and I also wanted a better, a, a, a varied cast. Yeah. You know, like, you know, unfortunately, we're kind of a boys club here. So, Daisy, why don't you read this awesome right. email and then let folks will know why I invited you in today. Hey, guys. Sure, Bayonetta is very sexualized, but the whole game is insane and over the top. Why shouldn't every facet of the game be given the same treatment? Every part of her character has to be over the top and then amplified by the craziness of the game as a whole. She wouldn't fit if even a single part of her character was reserved or even average. Plus, her character is not sexist in a submissive way. 
You could argue that it's unnecessary, but why not apply that to the rest of the game? She really doesn't have to fight a top fighter jets and skyscrapers, it just adds to the other in utter insanity that is synonymous with the series. Perhaps that is why she is hypersexualized. What else would push people's buttons? What else would be that ridiculous? With all that said, I'd like to end with a question. Bayonetta is as violent as she is sexy. Why is she criticized more for her sexiness than her violence? Because America. Oh, <laughs> right off the bat. Reason number one. In okay. Europe, it would be reversed. In Europe, the discussion would probably be reversed for this game. But okay. anyway, thank you so much for, yeah. for, for writing that. That was a great question. Yeah, yeah. The it only thing, you, the email would not have passed the Jose filter of... Uh, 10 Blank? second email yeah. readouts, I right? I didn't read that, but yeah. I did PS. Sorry, it's so long. Oh, <laughs> that's very good. That's the only way yeah. you got on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you were self PS. Sorry, it's a bit long, but I couldn't hit all the points I wanted to make in only a few sentences. That's yeah. the short version, too. I had like some quotes in there and other uh, stuff. All good. Got it. Got it. Really so all you did good. Your homework for yeah. this yes. one, pretty much. No, that's but that's why I invited you in. He didn't want to read it. So. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. This is what we've come to. Yeah. No, but it does ask a really interesting question. Um, so I reviewed the game, right? And I, I gave it a 9.5 on IGN. I think this game is absolutely amazing. I think everyone in this room, by the way, has played this yep. game. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Do you agree with the score? You played, you spend time with it. So I haven't gotten as far as, as you guys, but so far it's just it's so well made, and mm-hmm. it is like it is so it's so Japanese, yeah. and it's like it just celebrates is its ridiculous Japaneseness <laughs> in like every item and every character and every level. It's just like. Something will happen. My daughter, my daughter walked in when I was playing it, and she's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> she's just, Close the door. And she, How she's, old is your daughter? She's thirteen. She's part Japanese, and she's just standing there staring. Goes and like the camera zooms in on Bayonetta's various <gasps> body parts, and like she turns into a dragon. It's like. She she was just mesmerized and I'm like yeah it's a little weird she goes <laughs> and she goes and awesome <laughs> yeah now uh, your daughter also you brought up before she plays uh, Hyrule Warriors and she really did like sort of the female component for of that sure. game as well she's playing as every female character she could yeah uh, no just just pointing that out for folks so what did you think so yeah, far as well I think the uh, you know touching on everything Paris said is 100 percent right uh, you know the thing that I love the most is that this it feels like third person action games are not a dying genre, but mm. not quite as plentiful as they've been. I feel like there's an ebb and flow a lot. Sometimes you'll get a deluge, sometimes it'll be a bit of a drought. And so without a recent really great, you know, God of War game, or, you know, we don't have franchises like Onimusha anymore, you know, mm. Ninja Gaiden's hit a bit of a stumble. Like the last great one, I think, was DMC. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, playing this, I'm like, oh my God, this is why I love this genre. This, this sort of, you enter and like, yeah, on a base level, you could do cool things without knowing what you're doing. But if you really learn the systems and learn the mechanics and, and sort of embrace the crazy spirit of the game, uh, it's as complex complex as any fighting game could be. Yeah. And yeah, I mean I to say, to your points though, it's you know, talking about the over sexualized aspects of it. It is weird when you plop it in for the first time. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. And you're like you you're like, okay, she's obviously a very powerful lead character. She's in control. She can she can do all sorts of things, yeah. right? But there is this weird kind of Japan exploitation angle too where the camera zooms through her legs and yeah. up her crotch and around her butt yeah, crack. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's like so over the top you're like you know, you almost imagine like the Japanese anime joke of all the developers sitting there with nosebleeds. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so, it's so strange, yeah. and like you can't help but go like, Jesus, guys, yeah. come on! But it, <laughs> you it, know, it is really weird. Though. Like you mentioned, the sort of the the uh, double standard or lack thereof of I can play 
Modern Warfare 2 and no Russian pops up. And if my girlfriend's in the room, I don't bat an eye. But I felt I would feel kind of weird. Like, I would feel like I would almost have, I, with Bayonetta, I would have to explain I feel, I myself. Felt, I felt strange with other guys in the room, yeah. let alone another female yeah, in the room. Yeah, but it's weird. Yeah. I, I think it's just, it's handled in a sort of a different way. Like, I played uh, Catherine with my girlfriend at mm-hmm. the time, and, like, I thought that was a game that, I mean, handled, uh, you know, sort of uh, sexuality and fem- femininity and a lot of issues that, you know, teens and 20-somethings actually have to go Pregnancy. through. In a real, yeah. yeah, in a real, like, grounded way, despite the fact that it was a game about the devil Demon. and sheep and weird <laughs> puzzles. And uh, people who die in their sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's something, there's there's definitely something worth discussing. But, so, but it makes, uh, it so it makes you on. uncomfortable, too. I, I right? want to give Daisy yeah. a chance to chime in, because we've all kind of gone in a little bit on how we feel about the game. So you've played it now. Yeah, so what, what what's going on? How are you feeling? I love it. I think it's, like, much better and polished than the first one, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, overall. Uh, talking about the game in general, there were a couple small gripes with the presentation, just okay. like... You know, you have the chapters, and I kind of wish it would show you your score after you beat it right there on okay. the screen. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. like the only complaint. Um, but going into, like, why I think, you know, people criticize her more for her sexuality than her violence is probably just, like, going into culture. Women tend to have the, like, their greatest offense usually is sexual in some way. So mm-hmm. it almost seems sexist to, like say that's her greatest offense as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so. absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It is It is weird that, you know, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the reviews did, you know, either touched upon or focused upon the sexual aspect of the game, but none of them really ever questioned the fact that, like, hey, I turned into a meat grinder and Viscera came out. <laughs> like, that's pretty gross, too, but I, I don't know if we've just become numb to that because yeah. games have been violent since Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but yeah. games have also been sexualized, but not but as not much. but not uh, but not on purpose and not overtly purpose, like yeah. this. Like you, you never you get the sense that these guys are completely aware sure. of what they're creating, right? Like if you go back and play like Mad World or other mm-hmm. platinum yeah. games, you like they take in, they take something and then they rev it up to the max and they make it as crazy as possible yeah. because they want they want you to notice it. They yeah. don't want you, you know, you mm-hmm. play play like a, a game like God of War and like there are parts in there where I'm like, oh god, like that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Sure. They do it because they want to tell you this your main character is not a good guy right yeah. but they they kind of take it so far where i almost don't have a good time playing as the character whereas yeah. in this it's it's the opposite it's like it's completely ridiculous and you can just enjoy the craziness yeah mm-hmm. and and I mean, I I think Platinum knows exactly what they're doing. <laughs> they know exactly yeah, what I they're mean, doing. After a while, there's just so much crazy stuff in it that you stop noticing all the sexual things, at least in my case. Well, you like, get used to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, after you see, like... Rodon, like, steal a car, drive it on a skyscraper, dress as Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) Bite on a skyscraper and do all this crazy stuff. It's like, well everything's just okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I laugh at uh, the cutscene before that too when uh, when Jean was talking to Bayonetta casually on the street and then she takes off and like jumps over a few cars like completely yeah. disrupts track and, traffic and all I'm thinking about is how does this world survive these people? Yeah. yeah like exactly. these are like these super powered yeah. beings and whatnot. But I, I can't help but I felt the same way where like at the start of the game I noticed man there's a lot of like when the camera, camera specifically went through her legs I was just like do we have to travel through the yeah, like, this yeah. is so bizarre but at the same time and eventually that all went away and all I was in love with was how good its combat is because it is some of the best combat I have ever played in any action game and so you know 
at least to me, the hypersexualization of it, that aspect just melted away. I mean, I did have a, a, a buddy over. I'm like, hey, why don't you try this out? And we both played it. He was sitting on the couch, and I was just sitting there awkwardly like, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's almost weirder watching it yeah. as the play. At New York yeah. Comic Con, I wrote a preview for IGN where uh, I was standing in a in a group of dudes, and all you'd hear whenever like she'd summon Gamora or something to finish off a monster is, ooh, ah. So, I'm just like, this is so bizarre. Like, yeah. I don't know how I feel I mean, about there's this. That, that, that but, happened uh, a couple of E3s ago when there was a la- The Last of Us was shown at a, it was at Sony press conference. Okay. And I think it ended with... Joel beating a guy to death. Oh no, he a, shot him in the head. They blew up someone's head with a shotgun. shotgun. And then the audience was like, woo! No. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of gross. Like, <laughs> yeah. why is everyone cheering? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. To me, uh, like, like you mentioned, Bayonetta is just, you know, all, I was about to say balls out. That was not the right term. <laughs> it's just all in, all in with insanity. Yeah. And it's in every, it, it's, it's in the, the violence, it's in the sexuality, it's in the presentation. Everything is just nuts. Um, and I can I can always forgive a lot of it mm-hmm. because of that. Whereas you mentioned God of War, and I feel like with the God of War games, as much as I uh, appreciate and, and like certain aspects of them, I feel like they're going for a message and just not doing it's, it well. Not well, well, it's, not, subtle. well. it's not subtle. Well, it's you know? not subtle, and it's not. And there's scenes where you're ripping a golem's well, eyeball out, well, and when you're sacrificing a woman well, to a machine, well, and there's also so can, like yeah. just the side joke mini games where he's having sex. He's on having the side his threesome of the in a hot yeah. tub or something, yeah. and I'm like, well, this is by having this happen. Whenever you want to get to the level in every God of War game where you feel bad because his wife and kid died, I'm like, no, you're kind of an asshole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like at this point, like, no, you you deserve all too, this. Too late now. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, Okay, no, I just I find all of this super interesting and super fascinating, and I feel like uh, I almost wonder too if part of you know focusing on the hypersexualization side of, of of Bayonetta is, I mean, you mentioned it's a part of American culture, just we're a lot more reserved about sexuality in general here, yeah, yeah. and then also look at sort of the history of video games and you know how how women are kind of an object to be saved, you know, yeah. and this is the opposite. This is completely one hundred percent. She's well, out. To, she's saving herself, and yeah. she don't give a damn what you think. And it's got it. these weird dominatrix overtones, sure. and yeah. you know the way she looks, her 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 face, her you know short hair, and everything yeah. is is very different from other video Trendy. game kind yeah. of like sex object heroines sure, sure. and everything. She doesn't but look like Laura Croft. Yeah. No, and it's um, I mean it's it's really interesting, but it's like it's hard. It's also hard to know what Platinum wanted to do, yeah, you know, unless exactly. you hear directly from them. It is, yeah. it is definitely a weird game, and as I'm playing it, I'm like, man, oh, come on, come on, Jesus, you yeah, know, like, yeah. I'm like, where's my wife? She's, <laughs> Has she's, she walked in yet? This no, season? she hasn't yet. Romy went over and told her. I that. think she'll be like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't. Know, to me, it's interesting that I feel like the games that. Uh, Explore, you know, issues of sexuality, whether well or not well. Uh, by and large, the ones I could come up with before this podcast were Japanese, so saying things like Bayonetta and Catherine and Persona, mm-hmm. uh, or indie, like things like you know Gone Home or you know. Uh, but it doesn't seem like American or Western AAA is really doing that a whole lot. Yeah. Or if they're doing it, they're just superficially doing it like you look at I don't know Halo God of War or Halo Gears of War they don't have a handful of strong female leads in the west but you still feel like the stories don't always like look at the the last real cool one um, Lara Croft the whole uh, the Tomb Raider the reboot and how uh you know, they approached it in, a, in as cool of a way as I think they could have. Yeah. You know, this is her first kill. But then after that, she just mows down the entire place. Yeah, and you felt yeah. really disconnected yeah. from all that. That was a little sure. strange. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it was weird to have that moment where like she's in tears because she has to kill and skin the deer, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then like an hour later, I'm just like popping off headshots, and I'm like, yeah. all right, well. I, th- I never had an games. issue with that. I feel like it's condensed video game time, right? Like they need to show you the development of a character in very sure. little time. Yeah, I do. I I love that game. I thought oh, yeah. Tomb Raider was great. awesome, and I did like the progression from you know kind of like fish out of water, um, scared young student almost, right, and like becoming badass. And my yeah. favorite moment is in the in the game is when she gets a rocket launcher, and the, yeah. pe- the people you're about to shoot at go, "She has a rocket launcher." <laughs> She's like, "I'm coming for yeah. you." It's like yeah. that was good. yeah, that was like that was love that game. Movie magic, right? Yeah. So, so you mentioned sort of the the difference between her and Kratos, where Kratos is kind of a jerk and yeah. by design. Then whereas you don't I sympathize with, with her. Whereas, yeah, with her, I mean, she's over the top, just straight up shooting things in the face, yeah, like basically destroying angels and demons alike. Yeah. Do you still sort of like her character as a whole? Oh, I like her in a like. I like her in the to bring up '80s movies. I like her in the way that I like a lot of '80s action stars. I like her in the way that I like Arnold in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, I don't like you as in like. I don't like you as a human being, but I like you as like you're an interesting thing to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like you're an interesting like force of nature. Yeah. Um, well, she's always in control. You yeah. know, just like yeah. Arnold is always really in control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I like her in the same way like I like Dante. Yeah. yeah, and I like that about it too. There's no boss big enough to not get slapped around by this thing. Yeah. I, I think she's awesome for that. By the way, I mean, when you watch this game being played, just the ease with which they pull off ginormous characters on screen is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just that game runs so smoothly and it does really complex things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you want to really see the power of a Wii U, plop that sucker in. You know yeah, what I, so playing Bayonetta 2 weird me had to go back to GameCube and mm-hmm. I played like an hour or two of Piano 3. Oh man. Yeah, that which, I don't, do you remember that? Yeah, that was yeah, all was choppy like, though. Yeah, no? one of the Capcom yeah. 5. Yes, it was very choppy, <laughs> yeah. which was weird because the entire game was supposed to be about sort I'm of glad like you fluid this up, like I was thinking about that. Yeah, fluid acrobatic almost like ballet like But it's, and it's also very barren. It's yeah. not like there's so much going no. on. A lot of white corridors. A lot of white corridors. Do you like that game? I think it's interesting. I, I don't think I think it's the probably the worst of the Capcom 5 that came out. I mean, obviously it's no Beautiful Joe or or RE4. Was Okami one of them? No. I don't know. Okami yeah. was a PlayStation game. Okami, a.k.a. Like, the best 3D Zelda game ever. Uh, you're yeah. going to get stabbed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, All anyway. right, we had Bomberman dissing. <laughs> we had Okami dissing. <laughs> no, but anyway, I, was that the other your point? I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah. my point was uh, to sort of just tracing this lineage. Like, this is not something new for the, the, you know, the folks at yeah. you know, Platinum, the Col- uh, Clover. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to read something deeper about the the character and actually hear more from the from the developer too mm-hmm. on on kind of what what Bayonetta is about. I'm sure that much has been written about the first one too, but like, you know, continuing the story with this one, it's just it's such a weird interesting game that flies in the face of, you know, a lot of the kind of guardedness around characters like these nowadays and discussions around sexuality. Yeah. You yeah. should uh, ask Kami on Twitter and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that Blocked. doesn't that does not work. <laughs> Sassy response for sure. All right, well, if you are on the fence about Bayonetta, you should definitely check out our review. We got a ton of coverage on the site as well. Uh, Actually, uh, one of our producers, Caleb Lawson, went down to Platinum Games in Osaka, and he got access to a bunch of key people who worked on this game from the, you know, the producer Hashimoto to the, excuse me, the director Hashimoto to the producer Kuroda, um, and they have a ton of insight into sort of how they made the combat feel so good, because it is, like, some of the best combat, like, I... I can't play the first game again. It's no. so weird. It's very hard to go back. Should we just and break I was the a disc sh- in there? You want to just shatter? No, you don't want to break it. I actually wanted to ask you guys for you two, mm-hmm. you being a 
What do you recommend people do? Play the first first or the second? We get that question a lot, yeah. and I have not answered it yet. I'm so glad yeah. you bring that up. I mean, that's that's tough because, like you said, if you play the second, you're not going to want to go back to the first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like story-wise it matters. Like, uh, I would almost, uh, if you have the time, I would go back. Because I thought about replaying one. I hadn't played one four or five years, whatever. It's five years. It's mm-hmm. almost a five-year anniversary of yeah. one. Uh, I didn't play one since back then, and so I thought about, like, oh, maybe I'll go back and replay it, but I'm like, oh, I have so little time to actually play games, like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to focus on yep. on new stuff, so I jumped right back into two. Um, I really like that Nintendo, like, the, the port of one is great. Yeah. One looks yeah. gorgeous. This is the best way to play one. It's good to yeah. have it in the end. It has a bunch of improvements. So I thought Bayonetta, the original, was one of the best things ever, despite really not liking the art style because it was a brown and gold mess yeah, to it, was me. like, it was very mm-hmm. sort of it had this gothic sort of look but at the same time it just felt really brown in an era where everything was brown or yep. gray like that's mm-hmm. all you had in video games it felt like last gen for the early part or the middle part of it that said um two obviously has story connections to one mm-hmm. so if you want the full story if you even want to try to put the story together because yeah. <laughs> it does have a lot of fun and it's really weird um play one but i will i firmly believe if you start with two and try to go back it is not going to be easy for you mm-hmm. you're going to feel like this isn't quite as fluid there are these qtes and bayonetta one that are like hit or miss and if you don't hit the key exactly yeah. on time you're out and we're not talking like the demon munching um wicked weaves where like you're just mashing a button we're talking about she has to jump out of, uh, of an object that she's trapped inside of before like in just a tiny window yeah. and you didn't hit the button you die right away you have to continue again yeah. it's a much more frustrating mm-hmm. game to go back yeah. to than I thought yeah. initially so it was a little weird to me but, but the port is really good but that's how I, I see it kind of like a museum piece right like you're sure. getting this for free with the game so you can see the origin and where the game came from yeah. Yeah. and I'm not expecting it to yeah. to be as current as, as this style and the first game is a lot weirder in some ways uh-huh. like there's this awkward freaking scene where Rodan gives her her, her guns for the first time oh the red uh, I forgot what they're called in that one, but um, he basically is giving her these guns. They're on the they're on a bar stool. They're in a bar called the Gates of Hell, and as she's tossing the guns in the air and doing all these sexy poses to like grab them, he's making a freaking margarita <laughs> on the side, and this is it's the most bizarre thing yeah. ever. It's, it's so I feel like they've toned down some of the token weirdness, but some of it obviously still exists. Like any scene with um, what's his name, the Danny DeVito lookalike, Enzo. <laughs> Is just painfully too long and yeah. poorly uh, written, and yeah. it's just like, oh, he just this this scene should have ended a, a thirty to seconds to a mi- two yeah. or three minutes ago. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. is this still going on? Yeah, um, it feels like forever. It's super. I mean, it's super self indulgent that way. And like, if you watch older anime, they can get really wordy too, especially when they get translated. Right, yeah. things that feel natural, where like a com a, a a kind of trite discussion gets stretched in Japanese. Um, feels weird when it's translated yeah. verbatim into English. I feel like this game also suffers yep. from that, yeah. you know? It's funny, I had this uh, before I played Bayonetta 2. I kept thinking, I'm like, man, now that like Platinum's so tight with Nintendo, like, how is Bayonetta not in Smash? And then I play Bayonetta, I'm like, oh, that's why she's not in Smash. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't want to... Smash Direct, when they had the Bowser Jr. Yeah. video, uh, it opened with the big moon. I was you like, like oh. this is... I totally <laughs> thought it. I was like, are they actually doing this? Oh my god, I like yeah. the idea of... I totally psyched out. If you can have shirt Shulk. I so I played a lot as, as shirtless and Shulk. Yeah. Zero suit, even. Zero suit Samus. I feel yeah. like we're we're pushing the boundaries. Naked Pikachu. Pikachu yeah, but they're not. Is it naked Pikachu? Yeah, but they're not gonna. They're not, her intro is not gonna have a camera zoomed through her legs. Like yeah. not a Nintendo. Hey, with they're photo mode, <laughs> you can put your camera wherever you want. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that needs to be said. <laughs> Shir- shirtless Shulk is definitely a gender equality uh, answer. Love shirtless Shulk. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, Marty was running around last night just. Also, your hand on the on the character select screen, your your hand keeps tapping. So uh-huh. he was like tapping shirtless. shirtless. I'm gonna stop. Yeah, please. You just this is painful. It's a podcast. I, think it, I think it's really funny though, because like yeah, you, it's great. again, we're so conditioned to games being one sided, yeah. right? And and like to actually sh- see shirtless Shulk in, in yeah, the 3DS version as well. Yeah. it's just kind of cool. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's fine. Thank God Mario has his overalls on. That's all yeah. I gotta say. I don't want to see shirtless any of the Mario. You know, no. I bet he's like totally buff. Waluigi. I bet he has. He's muscular. They've never yeah. taken that shirt off. He's like got Danny short DeVito. sleeves in uh in in sunshine. That was it. Oh yeah, yeah. He can jump, man. I'm sure he can. Yeah. He's worn. He was wearing like a leotard in that rest or in the volleyball game that never came out. Uh, That's the closest we ever yeah, got to seeing some, right. some skin. Well, and there we are. I think we're out of steam <laughs> at this point. Uh, thank you very much, Daisy, for coming in and for, yeah, and for supporting the show. Like we really appreciate it. It's genuinely awesome to meet up with folks who. Um, you know, appreciate and, and listen to the podcast. And, uh, you know, I've seen multiple emails that you've sent in. We've used yeah, some of your yeah. questions on the question block for sure. That yeah. was our first live email, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> show, yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. Very privileged. Yeah. Awesome. Also, I'm always that like constructive criticism. That's what the like, you know, if we make a point and you don't agree with it, like call like call it out politely, like you did. That's awesome. Like yeah. I'm always up for a dialogue. Yeah. Don't yeah, just scream. No, at me. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and definitely like don't ever like take offense. Like this was a if anything, the point of this conversation was just to kind of look at it for ourselves. But if you disagree or if this you obviously know this bothers you, then you know, more yeah. power to or you. Or if it does really bother you. Yeah, like, also you know, more power yeah. to you. Yeah. Let us know. I mean you can always email us at NVC at IGN.com. That's right. And we yeah. check out we read every email even though we can't read all of them yeah absolutely especially if they're super long yeah cough cough daisy cough (laughs) (laughs) hey that ps saved it i don't know what you're talking about all right cool note to everyone else (laughs) just include that just copy and paste no don't do it all right so thank you for listening to ign's nintendo voice chat we are a weekly podcast on ign and we are running a little bit late this week but usually you can find the show on itunes or your favorite podcast download service thursdays or friday how cool is that? Uh, you know what else is cool? Heading over to IGN.com and checking Segway. out our... Don't do that. I hate when people backpack segues. Uh, it's like it's such a pet peeve of mine. Uh, head over to IGN.com and check out... You got a lot of pet peeves. I have oh, you, are a ben- you are a pent-up rage ball. <laughs> such a private You know like man. how Scrooge McDuck has Can like, we get back on top? thing full of gold? <laughs> Wait, is one of your other pet peeves us getting off he, topic? He's got a silo full of pet peeves that he bathes in head every night. Head over to IGN.com. Check out our features, our articles, videos. We got a ton of Smash Brothers coverage <laughs> on the site and Pear is currently dancing in his chair right now. Uh, And lastly, if you have any feedback for us, make sure you send us an email at mvc at IGN.com or head on over to iTunes. Leave us some feedback. Give us a show review. If you love it, you hate it, whatever. We are totally reading everything that you send. Mm -hmm. So please do so. Um, Lastly, let's do some Twitter handles. So Daisy, you're not on Twitter, right? No. Right, well, yeah, smart. So very follow smart. at Daisy. I don't yeah. know who that is. But <laughs> <laughs> <The> follow her. <laughs> Poor girl. <Yeah. laughs> uh, if you want to follow Marty, follow him at at McBiggity, two G's and two T's. If you want to follow Pear at Pear IGN. And myself at Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with more on the voice chat.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.